Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. What's going on, y'all? This is Brandon Tatum. I just want to thank you so much for listening to my podcast. You can always get the podcast at Salem Podcast Network or wherever you listen to your podcast. Brandon Tatum is a seven-year veteran of the Tucson Police Department. He's a YouTube sensation with over two million subscribers. He started Blexit with Candace Owens, and now he's tackling his biggest assignment yet. This is the Officer Tatum Show. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, ladies, welcome back to the Officer Tatum Show. I want to give a special shout-out to my brother from another mother called Jackson. You got to go check him out on thecarljacksonshow.com, thecarljacksonshow.com. So if you were impressed, which I'm always impressed by the work that he does when I'm out, and also the work that he does on social media, if you were impressed by Carl Jackson, which I'm sure that you are, go and visit his website, The Carl Jackson Show. You can follow him on social media. You can get his podcast, all of the above. So I just want to first off, before I get into anything, tell Carl Jackson, thank you, my brother, uh, for filling in for me while I was gone. Also, uh, another announcement that I want to make, our new affiliate. It, it is a, I'm telling you guys, it's, a, it's an incredible feeling when we get new affiliates. That means that the show is growing, people are enjoying what they hear, and it's very impactful to me because it it verifies that, hey, man, you, you're probably doing something right if your show is growing and not shrinking. So shout out to our new affiliate, uh, St. Johnsville, Canna Joe Harry, Fonda, Johnstown, Glover, Gloversville, uh, New York, Talk Radio AM 1120 and 97.9 FM WKAJ. So shout out. I'm, I'm looking forward to to expressing the things that I say to a new audience. And it's a blessing. Trust me. I'm very thankful for it. There's so many things going on. I mean, the town hall that we saw with Tucker Carlson, literally blundering a majority of the people who were on running for president, the young lady that went missing, uh, Carly Russell, all of these things, there's more, but these are two things that, that stuck with me over the weekend. And while I was out, and for those of you who don't know, I was on vacation. I was actually in the south of France. I ended up getting a flight got canceled, so we had to spend a night in London, uh, which was which was also incredible as well. But I had an incredible experience. Um, me and a few other families, we were there, kind of having like a family trip without the kids, and so it was an incredible blessing. So that's where I was at. Okay, I wasn't twiddling my thumbs. I was somewhere uh, that I wanted to be, having an incredible time. But let's talk about something real quick. I don't know if we have this clip. I did not check before the show. But there was a clip that had been going around of um, Mike Pence. And I, I have to set the record straight. People have been misrepresenting. We, we have that clip? We do not. Okay. People have been misrepresenting what um, Mike Pence said in the debate stage or the town hall with Tucker Carlson and himself. Um, Nick, if you could, if you could find that clip and send it to the sun, I'm, I'm going to try to play it for you guys to listen to but the gist of the clip is that um tucker carlson pretty much asked if 
hey, you know, you are concerned about these things in Ukraine and all of the above. And what does that mean for America? And then Mike Pence is heard and quoted saying, that's not my concern. People with the attention span of a gnat and the intelligence of a wet napkin literally came out in groves, literally destroying Mike Pence and saying or insinuating that he was saying that he don't care about the country and the country is not his concern. Now, you may not like Mike Pence. He may be the, the sorriest candidate in the race, according to you. I don't think he has a chance whatsoever. I would never vote for Mike Pence. God bless his soul. However, I do not like when people come out to try to go viral and misrepresent what the man said. He did not say that his last concern, he is not concerned with the American people. He was referring to the first part of Tucker Carlson's question, and that was about what was going on in Ukraine. Now, I feel like all of these candidates are giving a wet napkin response when it comes to Ukraine. We should, we should be done with putting money into Ukraine at this point. They're not going to win the war. They're not going to win no matter what. It's literally a slaughterhouse. People are getting killed. We, we already know the corruption in Ukraine. We already know Zelensky and, and Biden and all the corruption that's going on. And I, I think that's why we're really funding them because they don't want the dirt coming out about Joe Biden. So they're literally strongholding our government and our taxpayer dollar. And we're sending as much money as they can humanly want because we will get exposed if we do not. We are supporting them more than anybody else in the region. Why is that the case? We know they're not going to win. We're just giving them more money to kill more of their citizens. And then a lot of people that I talk to say that this is a pointless thing anyway, because we are the ones that are at fault in this Ukraine-Russia scenario. The UN is, the, is at fault. Not Russia, not Putin. We are at fault. We made promises we didn't keep. We are encroaching on the border of, of Russia when we shouldn't be. From what I hear, I don't hear a single person give a different scenario. Now, if you have a different scenario... And I'd love to hear from you, but I haven't had a person give a different scenario. We seem like the bad guys in this, and we seem like we're fighting a proxy war that's really yielding no benefit to the people in Ukraine. They're eventually going to lose. The matter is, well, the the question is how many people are going to die at their expense. Did you send the video yet? No. Okay, the video sent. Let me know, Sean, when y'all get the video. I want people to hear this because people are literally going off on Mike Pence. And I've seen a lot of people that I love really make it, try to make him look bad when that's not what he said. And I hate that they do it to Mike Pence just as well as I hate when they do it to Trump. Uh, let's roll that clip. Along the way, the Biden administration has been slow in providing military support. Make no mistake about this. We promised them 33 Abrams tanks in January. I heard again two weeks ago in Ukraine they still don't have them. We've been telling them we'll train their F-16 pilots, but now they're saying maybe January we'll let somebody transfer some jets. I'm sorry, Mr. Vice President. Have you? I know you're running for president. You are distra- you. you are distressed notice. that the Ukrainians don't have enough American tanks. Every city in the United States has become much worse over the past three years. Drive around. There's not one city that's gotten better in the United States. And it's visible. Our economy has degraded. The suicide rate has jumped. Public filth and disorder and crime have exponentially increased. And yet your concern is that the Ukrainians, a country most people can't find on a map, who've received tens of billions of U.S. tax dollars, don't have enough tanks. I think it's a fair question to ask, like, where's the concern for the United States in that? Well, it's not my concern. Tucker, I've heard that routine from you before, but that's not my concern. 
I'm running for president of the United States because I think this country is in a lot of trouble. See, he said, that's not my concern. That's not my concern. And they stopped the video right there. I I think, Sean, we got got more of that video. But they stopped the video right there. They tried to catch Mike Pence saying that the American people is not his concern. That's not what he said. And everybody out there, even people that I love, I've seen y'all posting on social media, just give an apology and correct it. That's all I'm asking you to do. Mike Pence was not saying that the American people is not his concern. He's saying the concerns that uh, Tucker Carlson brought up about prioritizing the Ukrainian people and prioritizing Ukrainian uh, military forces was not his concern. Now, play the rest of that clip because I think it's probably a little more insight on the totality of what he said. Wrote a clip. Oh, that was it. Okay, so we didn't have the context, but Mike Pence posted on his Twitter the entire context of that, but that was the piece that people cut and clipped together. So I just wanted to throw it out there that it's not in the context of what Mike Pence was saying. You can believe he's probably not going to win. To me, you know, him and the Trump shenanigans that went on during the election in 2020 probably voided him from a possibility of being elected because people do not like him over Trump by far. Is he a quality candidate? I don't know. I like it. He's a Christian man. I like that. He's faithful to his wife. I think he has a lot of principles but man. I feel like he won't stand up uh, to a doorpost. And I don't like that in a person who should be considered a leader in our time. So I just want to correct that. All these other people seem like wet napkins to me, but the real question is, Will Trump win? A lot of people that I spoke to over the weekend, a lot of people are done with Trump. I'm going to be honest. A lot of people are done with Trump. Most people are still in support of Trump. Let me just make that very clear. A lot of people are done with him, but most of the people who I'm referring to are still in love with Trump. So what does that mean? Me as an individual, Trump has the best chance right now that I'm seeing. He has the best chance out of anybody. You know, I, I wish that we had better candidates, more qualified people that could stand up, people that are stronger Christians, men that, are, that, that have a better track record. I wish that we had that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we ain't got it. All right? I think Ron DeSantis is an incredible candidate. He just ain't got the juice. I don't know if you know what I'm saying when I say the juice, but he ain't got it. You know how you look at somebody and you're like, man, you just got it. You got the it factor. You know how to bring people together. You have such a bold presence. When you're on a debate stage, you just take up the room. All of these things that some people just have it. Ron DeSantis just is not, he's not, he's not, he's not putting it out there. And I'll tell you what, honest to God, truth. If Ron DeSantis had a little more charisma, he was a lot more bold. Maybe he had a deeper voice. Maybe he was a bigger guy. I don't know. Some of these components that would encourage people to to want to listen to him. He would probably be ahead of Donald Trump right now. But the thing is, is that with all of the baggage that Donald Trump has, which is his fault and some of it is not his fault, he still by far encourages people to come out and vote and really give you that American dream uh, feeling when you listen to him say he's going to lead the country in the right direction. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm running out of time. Y'all hold the phone. I'll be back after the break. You listen to the Officer Tatum Show. This is the Officer Tatum Show. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited to announce to you TatumStore.com. TatumStore.com. Yes, you heard it right. Tatum Store is my e-commerce store. We have the coldest merch in the game. Pro Trump shirts 
Uh, my favorite shirt is the Trump. He's a gangster. It's called the Don. Everybody loves that shirt. You can get it at Tatum's store. And one thing I want to remind you guys of that our store is incredibly popular because we have incredibly good merch that's great quality. We have over 100,000 customers and we have 10,000 five-star reviews. All you have to do is go to the website and look at all the incredible reviews that people have left saying that our, the speed of our delivery is impeccable. The quality of our merch is unmatchable. Go to TatumStore.com. Make sure you put in the discount code because I want to give you guys 20% off. Put in TatumShow20. That's TatumShow20, and you'll get 20% off the entire store. Ladies and gentlemen, you're not only going to get incredible conservative merch, incredible Christian merch, incredible pro-Trump merch, but you are helping employ people right here in Scottsdale, Arizona. So go to TatumStore.com. That is TatumStore.com. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, ladies, welcome back to the Austin Tatum Show. I want to tell you guys about the Salem News Channel. If you're looking for an incredible channel with in- incredible conservative talk show hosts or radio hosts, have you look no further? Go to the Salem News Channel. You'll find all of us present there. This is an incredible opportunity. If you love listening to your boy B. Tatum or, or many others, Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Dennis Prager, Sebastian Gorka, uh, Will Cow, Danessa Susan, um, Eric Metaxas. I mean, all of us have a show on the Salem News Channel. So go there. This is the way my mother-in-law watches me all the time and other people that, that I talk to because when they're not in the car, they still want to listen to the show, and this is a great way to do it. So go to SalemNewsChannel.com, SalemNewsChannel.com, or download the Salem News Channel on your app store, Android or iPhone. It doesn't matter. Go to the app store, put in Salem News Channel. You'll find it, download it, watch me every single day, and all the other incredible hosts, SalemNewsChannel.com. I want to talk a little bit about the Alabama woman that went missing, um, and she's in 48 hours. She was missing for about 48 hours. She returned home. Um, I, I'm so bad with getting these dates right, but I got to go look at the paper to see exactly what date is which. My producer set me up uh, for, for incredible success, but I just didn't freaking remember the thing. So I have to look at the paper when I talk about this. Uh, the young lady went missing. Me and my wife had a conversation about this because when she went missing about two days ago, um, it was very interesting because supposedly she was on the freeway. Um, and for, for many of you guys who are familiar with this Alabama freeway, it's I-459. Uh, and she was on the freeway, and she had called 911 to say she saw a, a young child on the side of the freeway. So she pulls over to check on the child. Now, here's where it gets interesting. I'm sure there's an explanation for it. But I think somehow she hangs up with the police and calls her a family member. And she's talking to the family member on the phone. She gets out of the car. The family member says she hears the young lady, Carly. Her name is Carlita. Let me see. Let me find her name right here. Lord Jesus, I have the paper right here. Her her name, they call her Carly Russell. But she she got a, that's her nickname. Anyway, Carly, the family member can hear her get out of the car and Ask the young girl if she okay or like the young child is, is the child okay. And then she heard a scream and all of a sudden uh, Carly went missing for 48 hours. And then 48 hours later at about 11 o'clock at night, she ended up coming back to her grandmother's house. She was dropped off in front of grandma's house or somewhere in the area. She showed up at the house. They took her to the hospital and there's no indication of anything at this point as to what happened. The story is, is they believe that there were some people parked off the side of the road, which was off the freeway on like a frontage dirt road, and they lured her in with this kid. But there's a video that have emerged 
like a CCTV type of a video that shows the pole camera angle of her car. And you can see her pull over. You can see her flashing lights and you kind of see her get out of the car, but you don't see anything else. You don't see anybody abduct her. You don't see a child on the side of the road. You don't see anything else. And she just literally vanishes from there. The part that's very interesting to me is how we don't have any concrete information one thing could be is that the police don't want to tip off the suspects, right? By saying, look, we have a car, we have a vehicle description, we have a suspect description, we have DNA. And you say all that, then the people know they caught and they get the fleeing and, and maybe not act as negligent. Um, or there's some questionable things that have happened here. Because one of the things that I see on the video is when you watch it, you see her with her hazard lights on approaching a certain location, probably about a quarter mile away from where she ended up stopping. And so what makes me wonder is that did she see the kid once drive back around and stop or does she see a kid from a mile away and she's the only person on the entire freeway that sees this kid and she pulls off of the side with her flashes on almost a quarter mile ahead of where she eventually stopped. And then why would you hang up the, I mean, I'm not, I'm saying these are things that I'm questioning. I'm not, the girl probably got abducted by somebody. Then the question is, you know, why would you hang up with 911 and, and call a family member? Normally, the 911 dispatcher will want to have you on the phone the entire time. So, therefore, you can relay quick information if the young child on the side of the road needs medical attention. So, how she ended up off the phone with the police and on the phone with a family member is kind of bizarre to me. And I, and I got to reread some more information because everything that I've read, it doesn't really clearly state that. And her boyfriend came out and said she probably was fighting for her life, but there's really no articulation of how she showed up at home because it doesn't say she showed up at home bludgeted, bludgeted. I think that's bludgeted. I don't even know if that's a word. I know that bludgeted is a word, but the tense is off, but you know what I'm, you get what I'm trying to say. Did she show up at the house bloodied? Did she show up at the house with clear signs of injury? Or did she show up at the house like nothing happened? Like, I don't understand why when the story is being presented and the police officers aren't saying anything, family members aren't saying anything, all that we, we know is that she showed up and then she was she was uh, taken to the hospital, which is normal protocol. You don't even have to be bloody to be taken to the hospital if you were reported missing. It's almost like protocol that you take them to the hospital, make sure they're okay, make sure they weren't sexually assaulted or things like that. So I want you to just keep this this in your mind and keep it in the memory bank. It's one of those things that I think inform, as information come out, it's going to be more and more more and more curiosity will probably be subsided, but it's very interesting. Her name is Carly Russell. She had been reportedly kidnapped. They, at the time on the video, they see, you, you see nobody grabbing her. You see nobody kidnapping her. Um, but the police found her phone right outside of her vehicle where she may have dropped it. But you know, it's, it's just interesting. That's all it is. It's interesting to me. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm not saying the young lady is lying. I'm just saying these are one of those things that's like mysterious to me. It's like these people were luring somebody off the side of the road with a, with a young child and nobody stopped except for this one person. Nobody called, nobody reported anything. Nobody, nobody said anything. It's, it's so it's kind of bizarre. Maybe she had the police and the family member on a three way call. I, I'm, I'm not sure if that was the case or not. I looked at the video footage and it just seemed interesting. It's almost like she vanished. And it's almost as if, you know, how, how did she see this kid? What was the kid wearing? Were they, were these individuals luring this kid? Who is this kid? Is that, is, are they using their own child to lure people in? And then what happened to her for, for 48 hours? 
that somebody didn't return her back to her own house. You, you would think if somebody was kidnapped for 48 hours, unless the, the, the glory of God was hovering over her because she was a praying woman and they kept her for 48 hours and then returned her home unscathed. Like it's kind of awkward. Like, you know, if they kidnap you and you possibly could d- divulge evidence of these individuals or anything of that nature, normally they'll kill you or normally they'll leave you in the middle of a field for people to find you. But for them to go to f- go that far to lure her in or lure somebody in with a young child to kidnap them for 30 for 48 hours and then return them back home. That seems to be incredibly bizarre. And so I just want to keep that on, on your radar and um, just so you can keep looking up. I'll, I'll keep you guys posted when I get more information. How I want to throw this out here. You, you guys know that I went to Israel uh, about a month ago and I, I really gained a tremendous amount of respect for the, for the Israeli people, the Jewish people at uh, 20 seconds. I really, I really gained amount of, a great amount of respect for them. So when I hear people in Congress make anti-Semitic comments that are Democrats, it, it baffles me how many Jewish people vote for Democrats, although they're anti-Jewish people in Israel. Hold the phone, ladies and gentlemen. I'll show you the proof right after the break. On my pillow's 20th year anniversary with over 80 million pillows sold, Mike Lindell at my pillow wants to thank each and every one of you by giving you the lowest price in history on their my pillows. You will receive a queen size my pillow for $19.98. Regular price is $69.98 and just $10 more for a king size. In addition to the anniversary offer, you will receive deep discounts on all my pillow products, such as the bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers, which is my favorites, and so much more. This is the time to try out some of their other amazing products. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio podcast square and use promo code Brandon to receive this amazing offer on a queen size MyPillow for $19.98 or call 800-976-8379. This offer comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. It's time to start getting the quality sleep you deserve. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code Brandon or call 800-976-8379 today. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen and ladies, welcome back to The Officer Tatum Show. I'm your host, Brandon Tatum. Follow me on social media at The Officer Tatum. And you can go to TheOfficerTatum.com to see everything you need to see uh, regarding yours truly. I'm going to go back to Mike Pence because I didn't have the contextual clip. And so now we have it. Um, if you are... If you missed the whole thing that I mentioned about Mike Pence, I know you guys have seen a viral clip of Tucker Carlson interviewing Mike Pence and Mike and Tucker Carlson pretty much asking Mike Pence about his efforts and his loyalty to Ukraine, pretty much uh, whining about how to, how we haven't fulfilled our promises of giving all this money to them and training forces and all this. And Tucker Carlson interrupted him and said, hey, man, what about America? Pretty much. And then Mike Pence didn't answer the immediate question, which was the last thing that people heard, he kind of answered the first part of the question first and it came out wrong. And it sounded as if he was saying he's not concerned about the American people. I got enough wisdom and common sense to say, "Mm," even if he felt that way, he probably wouldn't say that. So let me put it in the context. And I watched it and I said, look, people are wrong about this and they need to apologize to Mike Pence. You don't have to like him. You could think he's a sorry candidate. But you can't just lie on a man. I hate when they do it to Trump. I hate when they do it to anybody. Let me play you the context of that clip because many people, even people that I know and love, they are out here saying, look at Mike Pence, look at Mike Pence, say he's he not concerned about America. All right, wrote a clip. Where's the concern for the United States in that? Well, it's not my concern. 
Tucker, I've heard that routine from you before, but that's not my concern. I'm running for president of the United States because I think this country's in a lot of trouble. I think Joe Biden has weakened America at home and abroad. And as president of the United States, we're going to restore law and order in our cities. We're going to secure our border. We're going to get this economy moving again. And we're going to make sure that we have men and women on our courts at every level that will stand for the right to life and defend all the God-given liberties enshrined in our Constitution. Anybody that says that we can't be the leader of the free world and solve our problems at home has a pretty small view of the greatest nation on earth. We can do both. And as President of the United States, we will secure our border, we will support our military, we will revive our economy and stand by our values, and we will also lead the world for freedom under my administration. I promise you. Amen. Vice President Mike Pence, thank you very much. Thank See, you, that's the thank totality you. of that's the totality of what he said. When he said it's not my concern, he was talking about the, the loyalty to Russia I mean the loyalty to Ukraine. And and I don't understand why people decided to to rail him over that and make up a fake, you know, do fake news and have him out here acting like he don't care about the country. I think Mike Pence do care about the country. I think he would probably be a good president. Um, would he be the president we need? I don't think so. But he would probably be a good president. If Donald Trump somehow went to prison, he let me tell you this. Donald Trump would still win a primary in prison. I honestly believe that, which is scary. It's scary for two reasons. One reason is that if he end up going to prison, he's not going to win the general. It's just not going to happen. I mean, no matter how much we want him to, the the middle class of, and not middle class, but the middle ground of people in in, in American politics, meaning the, the independents and some of the Democrats that we need to sway in order to win an election, they are definitely not voting for Donald Trump. Everybody wants an excuse not to vote for him, to be honest. Everybody wants an excuse not to vote for him. When I say everybody, meaning people that didn't necessarily support him before Biden. And then after Biden was a complete train wreck, people are like forced to support him, but they're looking for it out. He gets in, he, he got indicted twice. He goes to jail. That's their out. They can't brag to their family members. They voted for Trump. They, uh, look, he, he's a criminal. See, we already knew uh, 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 he's in jail. He can't be the president from jail. And you know, all of these things are going to happen and he's never going to win the general. And if that happens to him, we need some alternatives that we feel like are strong enough to, to take the lead in this. But before we go to the break, I want to tell you guys about the Tatum store. So if you're looking to get any kind of conservative merch that I think would be probably the best merch that you buy, given the fact that we take our time, we have designers that design the merch. It's merch that you care about, conservative merch, Christian merch, Trump merch, all of these things that you want or, or you feel proud to walk around with, to share uh, with your friends. We make that merch right here in Scottsdale, Arizona. So we're employing people right here in the United States of America. We're a U.S.-based company. Um, also, I would like to say veteran because I'm a veteran of the police department. So we were pro police company, Christian company. So be supportive. I mean, even if, you know, you don't love me, you can still support the people that work for me um, by buying from Tatum store. So go to TatumStore.com, TatumStore.com, put in discount code TatumShow20, and you'll get 20% off the entire store. Tatum Show to, I mean, Tatum Store 20, and you'll get 20% off the entire store. I'll uh, get you guys right after the break. So hold the phone. I'll be back. The Officer Tatum Show. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen and ladies, welcome back to The Officer Tatum Show. I'm going to tell you guys about this incredible cell phone company called Pure Talk. If you're looking for a company that's veteran-owned, 
you're looking for a company that prioritizes your beliefs, your what you believe, and also prioritize uh, keeping workers employed here in the United States of America, customer services right here, then look no further. Pure Talk is your cell phone company. I have a Pure Talk phone, my iPhone 13. It's with Pure Talk, incredible phone. And, and it's they, they have rates that you cannot imagine. And especially if you're trying to save money, Pure Talk saves over $900 on average for families that switch over from Verizon, AT&T, and these big conglomerate companies to Pure Talk. And I'll tell you this, you can get unlimited talk, unlimited text, and plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. There's no way in the world you can beat that. $20 a month. The fastest way to save money is saving on your cell phone bill. Dial pound 250 and say Brandon Tatum. That's pound 250. Say Brandon Tatum and save up to 50% off on your first bill. Unlimited talk, unlimited text, plenty of data for $20 a month. Ladies and gentlemen, let me uh, get to a, a few other topics. I was talking about Israel. When I went to Israel, I think I became biased, <laughs> probably biased for the Jewish people there. I mean, the history of Israel. And this conflict between Israel and Palestine, or Palestine, or whatever you want to call it, however you say it, it's very interesting to me. I don't understand the conflict um, as much. Uh, when I do the tour in Israel, the tour guides, who I, I would argue are impartial uh, people born in Israel, they tend to have a different uh, thought process of the conflict between Palestine and the, and the Jews in Israel. And if you look at any historical religious documentation, Israel belongs to the Jewish people. There's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Now, I know probably way back in the biblical days, there was no geographical boundaries, meaning that Syria and Israel was not, a, there was no boundary there. Um, when you look at Jordan and some of these places, there was no physical boundary drawn out in the biblical times. But you can argue, and one would argue, in a religious sense, the Jewish people that's their land. God had given the Jewish people the land of Israel. All of the, you know, where David was and Solomon and all of the historical people that are, that are in the Bible, they lived there. That was their land. They walked many of those areas that I went to when I, when I traveled to, to Israel. So to me, it, in my opinion, seems as if the Palestinians are the ones that are encroaching on the Jews in Israel. Now, I don't know that to be true because I don't really live there. But from the information that I have, that seems to be the case. Now, here is where I have an issue. Is that it appears that a lot of Jewish people vote for Democrats in the United States of America. But Democrats do not support Jews in Israel. Let me just give you an example of an idiot. And I can barely say her name right. Uh, uh, Pramila. I think I remember Pramila Jayapal. Jayapal, I don't know, Jayapal, Pramila Jayapal. It's funny, I see her all the time and I didn't think this was her name. But she, listen what she said. It's a 10-second clip. Let me, let, me, uh, let you guys hear what she had to say about Israel, uh, roll, uh, about the Jews in Israel. Roll the clip, clip two. We have been fighting to make it clear that Israel is a racist state, that the Palestinian people deserve self-determination and autonomy. Israel is a racist state. She's saying that the Jews in Israel are racist. She's not, because think about this for a minute. The, the conflict is between the Jews and the Palestinians. It's not the Israeli and Palestinians. It's the Jewish people there. So essentially, 
If anybody else were, were to say that about Jewish people, they would be counseled for anti-Semitic, anti-Semitic tropes, anti-Semitic language. But since she's a Democrat, the Democrats can do no wrong. She can literally call Jewish people racist for the conflict between them and the Palestinians and nothing happens. But I'm going to play the clip from Kevin McCarthy because he chastised her uh, for the things that she said. And I, and I agree with him. Roll clip one. Job Paul's comments. This isn't the first person in the Democratic conference that has continued to make anti-Semitic comments. We've watched what they have continually to do. There are a number of them over there. I think if the Democrats want to believe that they do not have a conference that continues to make anti-Semitic remarks, they need to do something about it. Because they've defended these individuals time and again. The only time action has ever been taken is when we had to take the action. I think this is a role for the leader, Hakeem, to prove that, no, they're not anti-Semitic. And they cannot allow their members to continue to say what they have said in the past. I mean, think about what we're talking about. You, you just raised the one issue of what she called Israel. On a week when we have the president of Israel, Mr. Herzog, coming to give a joint session. On the 75th anniversary of the creation of Israel. The closest ally. Within minutes of Israel becoming a country, America recognized them. But now we have leaders in the Democratic Party. She's not just in, elected as a Democrat in their conference. She is a leader of their caucuses. And she's making these comments. Now, let me just give my two cents. Like I said, I'm not the most well-versed person in this conflict. When I went to Israel two weeks ago, spent two weeks there, and, and I asked the Israeli people, you know, what is this conflict all about? How, how does this even work? Because the Palestinians are in Israel just in the southern part of Israel. And there's a complete conflict. Like, Palestinians or Israelis, Jewish Israelis, per se, can't go, to Pal can't go to the Palestinian area of Israel. Like, you can't go down there. There's certain places you can't go. And, and there's like an exception as to the reason that we could go. And some of the guides who were who was Israeli can actually go down to the Palestinian area in Israel. It was very bizarre to me and the conflict of them being so close in proximity is, is still something that I don't really understand. When you talk about the biblical context, uh, I think it's very clear. And, and this is one of the reasons why, you know, there was such a big deal about, about the, about the, uh, the, uh, the country's embassy or the United States embassy being in Jerusalem was because they didn't want to recognize the Jewish people and they didn't want to recognize, you know, um, Israel as where the, the embassy should have been. And that's the conflict that we see between the Democrat and Republicans on this issue. I think you have every right to vouch for the Palestinian people if you want to. But the question is, to what extent? H how are you portraying the Israeli people, the Jewish people, in comparison to the Palestinians? Anyway, let me tell you guys about Relief Factor before I go to the break. If you're looking for a solution to aches and pains, look for a supplement that works. Relief Factor is your supplement. Relief Factor is incredibly effective. Um, I take Relief Factor, and I remember the first time I started taking Relief Factor, I, I got hooked, man. It was I, I took it for about a week and a half before I started seeing the real results, and the results were life-changing. I mean, for my back to feel the way that it does now after taking Relief Factor is a testament 
of how well it works. And, and I'm not the only person. There's over half a million people that take Relief Factor. Over 70% of those individuals have ordered more than one time. That tells you that it's incredibly effective. So I want you to get started with the three-week quick starter. Therefore, you have enough for it to see it work and to have enough when you want more so you don't have to wait for it to come in the mail. All you have to do is go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or 804-RELIEF. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, ladies, welcome back to the Officer Tatum Show. Um, I, I wanted to, I, I'm, I'm done with the Israel conversation because I feel like I'm not as well versed, but it just appears to me that Democrats are, on, are biased on the side of the Palestinians. And how do people who are Jewish vote against their own best interests? And I think of the same thing when I think of African-American people or people, Americans of African descent. How do you vote against your own best interests? The major cities where we have black violence and black unemployment and all it's, it's run by Democrats. Can, can we admit that they just don't have a solution to the problems that, that Americans of African descent are facing in America? Like how, how do we still fall for the fact that Republicans are the problem? How do we still fall for that? The, 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 uh, uh, the party switch. So where, where they switch at? Somebody was sleep. The, the racist Democrats, the Dixiecrats went to sleep and woke up a Republican. How does that even, that don't even make sense. And nobody that makes that argument ever get to that point of saying, how did that happen? They just switch parties. What is the, what is the purpose of them switching parties? You know, and the Democrats do the same thing they've been doing for generations. They just, they just propose it a little differently. They want power. Racism yield them power. Now division yields them more power. And I think racism and division back then yield, yield them power as well. But they want the blacks to be against the whites. So if there's complete, if there's consistent conflict, then we can't work together to, to say, man, all of y'all are bad. Let's let's us come together and vote all y'all idiots out of there. They want the gay to be against the straight. They want the Christian to be against the Jew. Uh, Christian to be against the uh, Muslim. They want the Christian to be against the atheist. They want all, they want black against white. They want young against poor. They want division in the in the land. So then they can, while you confused and divide and divided, they can manipulate you emotionally to win elections. They know that there's a group of people who are just ignorant that's going to vote Democrat no matter what. You don't need to, they can the Democrat Party can come out and say we hate every black person on planet Earth, and there's still going to be people that vote for Democrat. As racist as that may sound, openly they still going to vote for Democrat. So they know that they got them in the bag. They use the rest of the people's emotions to get them in the box. Hey, black man. You know that them Republicans want to take your uh, uh, Social Security, and it's it's crazy to me how they still win over people with the lies that they tell, and how do they have Jew- Jewish people voting for Democrats when when they are the Democrat Party, at least the modern Democrat Party, is against Jews, They're against Jews in the homeland. I don't understand how we even having this conversation. And, and it's funny because people won't come out against her for anti-Semitic comments, but they'll come out against uh, somebody else. If you're a Democrat, you're good. You can make racist comments. You can make anti-Semitic comments. You can wear blackface. If you're a Republican, you can't even criticize another side without being canceled. When we come back from the break, I want to talk about Donald Trump and some of the comments that he made about the cocaine in the White House. Hold the phone. I'll be back after the break.
is the Officer Tatum Show. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen and ladies, welcome back to the Officer Tatum Show. There's so many things that I want to talk about. I should talk about. Call in 844-900-7243. 844-900-7243. Now, help me make this make sense. Somebody came in the White House and left behind cocaine in the White House. And according to Donald Trump, this is an area that's highly surveilled and that the Secret Service isn't a bunch of, you know, rental cops. They're well-trained. There's video surveillance. And they don't know who left cocaine in the White House. Let me put this in perspective. If somebody came and left anthrax in the White House, would they be able to find out who it was? Come, cause somebody, somebody explain this to me. Would they be able to find out who it was? And if it, it, this is the thing that kills me, because if you are showing the world that you've ended an investigation into the person that came and left the unknown substance in the White House, what you're saying is that the next time you want to give a biological threat to the people in the White House, just come through that door and go into that area because they're going to end the investigation because they don't care. What it is is that they know who did it. And they don't want the world to know who was in the White House smoking crack or coca- snorting cocaine. Now, does anybody want to make a guess? Come on. You can call in and make a guess. Who, who do you think would possibly have cocaine in the White House? I would argue, in my opinion, it probably has something to do with Hunter Biden. He is the only person on record doing drugs in the White House. I mean, on record doing drugs that have been to the White House. He's snoring cocaine on uh, booty cheeks. Strippers. all on. It's all on the laptop. And, and we, we're surprised that they ended the investigation and not telling us any leads. That makes no sense to me. If anything, the White House should be saying, we're going to vigorously go after this until we find somebody. They can even say, hey, we found a suspect. We're not going to disclose it. They said we're going to end the investigation. I'm telling you, y'all, this is like, it's like they plan us in, 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 in 4K. Let me play the clip of Donald Trump and what he said about the cocaine fiasco. Roll clip six. Think of it. They have cocaine going into the White House. They've got more cameras than any building probably in the world. It's opposite the Situation Room. I said it the other day, first time, you know, Situation Room, know it very well. Probably the most important room anywhere in the world. That's where war is decided, where nuclear is decided, where everything is decided. They say, oh, gee, we didn't have any cameras. Like hell, they didn't. Facts. And this is why this is why people love Donald Trump, too, because he don't mind saying uh, what is true and what is real. You cannot tell me that they somehow didn't have cameras because therefore they're exposing a breach of security and they have no plans to fix it. Like, what are we talking about here? Across from the Situation Room, if, you, if you're not familiar with the Situation Room, Donald Trump pretty much said it, but when they, it's, it's called a war room. When they go into this particular room and they're going to make decisions on, and, and I'm assuming Bush was in the room when they made a decision to go and after the terrorist who came and, you know, uh, I, I would say allegedly, I don't know, I, I think it was an inside job to a certain degree, but some of the people who came and was, uh, took part in the 9-11 fiasco, he had to go to the Situation Room to decide that we are going to wage war on them. Weapons of mass destruction. All of those things were discussed in the Situation Room. One of the most important, probably the most secure room in the world. And you're telling me somebody leaving cocaine around somewhere 
And we don't know who did it. We didn't have any camera or no evidence. And we, we quit in the investigation. I'm telling you, what, what, how, how do we know that the next time somebody's not going to get in there and, and put a substance that's deadly, that you don't have to voluntarily consume it for it to kill you? Fentanyl, other things like that, that can kill people just off them inhaling uh, some of the vapor from, and not, not forced vapor, just literally. You can have fentanyl sitting on a table, and if you get a whiff of that fentanyl, you will pass out, and, and you will go into cardiac arrest. They would have to Narcan you for you to come out of uh, a cardiac arrest. You get it on your hands. It seeps through your skin. You will die from fentanyl being on your hands. Like, it's a dangerous drug. Somebody can go in and and put a bunch of fentanyl in the White House and nobody's going to know about it. Of course they know who did it. It probably was Hunter Biden. But they're going to suppress this information until after the election. Mark my word. Donald Trump had a whole bunch of other things. Donald Trump had a whole bunch of other things to say. I'm sorry, I missed what you said. Oh, you ain't catching no crackhead. <laughs> Donald Trump <laughs> had a, a few other things to say, and these are the areas in which I want to criticize him on. Roll clip four. Was it a mistake to put Christopher Ray there? I mean, obviously the FBI is not following any of the things that you're yeah, talking about. Sadly, it probably was. You know, he was recommended very strongly by Chris Christie, who's, you know... A sad case. I mean, I watch him. He's a sad case. Well, he's in this race, he said, just to take you down. Well, I know. And you know how he's doing? He's at 1%, and he probably won't even make the debate stage. So this is what one thing I like about Trump. I like how he said that. He set the record straight. Chris Christie is a, is a, is a peanut, peanut butter uh, uh, shake away from having a stroke. And he... he He's not a contender. He's a coward, in my opinion. Chris Christie needs to worry about other things. He's he's an idiot, if you ask me. However, Donald Trump, the thing is this. This is where it's confusing for me. Is that Donald Trump not only made a mistake with Christopher Wray, but he made a mistake listening to Chris Christie. Like, so both of those things are mistakes. Like, I don't think that Donald Trump made a significantly good pick other than Kaylee McEnany, who he called milk toast just not too rec- not too long ago. I don't think he made any good picks. Like, I, I, I'm concerned that, like, is, it, does he just not know how to pick people? Or are we, we going to have to say he's going to do better next time? This is the only one of the things that bother me about him that I can't let go. Christopher Ray is bad. You picked him. He was well recommended by a person you hate. You know, Ron DeSantis. You voted for Ron DeSantis. And you told us to vote for Ron DeSantis. And now Ron DeSantis is Ron DeSanctimonious? You know, Kaylee McEnany was, was probably the best press secretary to ever live. And now you now she's milk toast. William Barr. You selected William Barr to be the, the attorney general. I think it's attorney general. Yeah, he was attorney general. You had William Barr in that position, and now you got you had eyes with William Barr, and now he's the worst of the worst, and he's on TV actually bashing Trump. It's like you had uh, what's that dumb woman name? She's the dumbest woman on planet Earth, second to the ladies on the View. No, no, she no nah, the the girl that said he said the N word. She was on The Apprentice. I can't think of her name. Black lady, Omarosa. Stevie Wonder can see that Omarosa was a bad choice. You put Omarosa up, and now she's writing a book about you saying you're racist. 
Like, I mean, so, Mike Pence. Now you had odds with Mike Pence. He was the vice president. I mean, I, I don't think that there's anybody that Donald, that was in Donald Trump's administration with significant with a significant position that didn't have a falling out with Donald Trump. I could be wrong, but like the head of the of the military, I forget the guy's name now. He, he literally bashed him. Secretary of State bashed him. Christopher Ray, uh, head of, which is the head of the FBI. I mean, you go down the list of all these people that Donald Trump was at odds with, and, and there are some people out here that say, and I understand what they say. That everybody turned on him. Hey, man, my grandma always taught me that if you got a problem with everybody, it's probably you. Ain't no way one person got a problem. Everybody is probably you. Is this man difficult to work with? Do we admire him at face value, but behind the scenes, he's a train wreck. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what, what it is, but I do think that people question things like this, you know, because I'm just, I just wonder like clearly his children are not supporting him. Probably. I think Don Jr. is, but like, his children had come out and said, we're not supporting our dad in his next election. Like we're not getting involved. Melania has been his wife is I haven't seen her one time. Like that. There, there's some, there's some, uh, fire where there's some smoke. And you know, I, I want to know what's really going on here because I just, you know, it's hard to say because I know a lot of y'all love Trump and, and, and many would, would jump off a cliff for Trump. And I love him and appreciate him as a president. But it's like, are we are, are we looking at this right? Are we getting tricked? Are we getting allured? I mean, you know, are we getting hypnotized by the allure of, of Donald Trump and what we perceive him to be? Or is Donald Trump, you know, a, 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 he did his job and now we need to move on? Like that's the question I have in my mind. And I'm sure many of you guys share the same questions that I have. Maybe you don't want to say it, but it's very interesting how these things are coming about still. He's number one to me at this point, but those questions still are in the back of my mind. Officer Tatum Show. I'm going to tell you guys about the Tatum store. If you have not heard of the Tatum store, it is the best conservative merch store on planet Earth, in my opinion. Yes, I'm biased. It's my store. I own it. I started a couple years ago, and we we have just done tremendous because we offer a great service, and we also offer incredible merch. We have over 100,000 customers, and we have on our website alone, and that's because I started it really late. We, we I think we got over 10,000 five-star reviews, which is a lot because the first half of me having a store, I didn't even have the option for people to make reviews. So we got over 100,000 customers, over 10,000 five-star reviews. Look, we do it the right way. All your conservative merch, all your pro-Trump merch, all your, you know, um, standing up against this LGBTQ stuff merch, you can find it all at TatumStore.com. And I want to give you a discount. Since you guys are my listeners, I want to bless you with 20% off. All you have to do is put Tatum Show 20, Tatum Show 2-0, and get 20% off the entire store. So go to TatumStore.com right now. That's TatumStore.com. I just realized I probably said that wrong the last time I talked about the store. Anyway, um, that's one of the things that I that I was you know concerned about with Donald Trump is is just how he falls out with almost everybody he works with, and I know that there's a there's a potential that you know these people are nutty you know and they all turn on you and all this sort of stuff. But when everybody turn you turn on you, it's probably you. Um, that's one concerning factor. Let me roll clip five because this is another thing that I want to talk about. Uh, clip five, roll it. Will you be on that stage? Are you participating in the upcoming debate? 
Well, you know, it's a uh, quite an easy question normally. Uh, Ronald Reagan didn't do it, and a lot of other people didn't do it. When you have a big lead, you don't do it. And we have a lead of 50 and 60 points in some cases, and uh, some of these people are at zero. Uh, Ron DeSanctis, as I call him, or DeSanctimonious, is down to, uh, he's in the teens now, and I'm at 50 and 60 and 65, and even I saw one today at 70. And so you're leading people by 50 and 60 points, and you say, why would you be doing a debate? It's, not, it's actually not fair. Why would you let somebody that's at zero, or at one or two or three, you know, be popping you with questions. Well, I mean, do you see any risk that if you don't show up, uh, Ron DeSantis has a good night and it cuts into your lead? Or somebody else has a good night and cuts into his lead. Because uh, that's what's happening. He's going down and a couple of them are going up. I think Vivek has done a very good job, frankly. I think some others have done a good job. So I haven't really made up my mind. Is there anyone on that stage you see as potential running mate? As your VP? Possibly, yeah. I mean, I think you have some good people on the stage, actually. I think you have some very talented people. All right, so this this is my, my comments on Donald Trump saying that, you know, I, I really would like for him to be on the debate stage because I think that if he jump out there, one debate is over. He don't have to do another one. Um, but I do understand where he's coming from because if you're the front runner, you, you ain't got nothing to prove. You should let the people at the bottom fight each other. Who's going to be the top spot with Trump? Like, So I get it. You know, but but I do wonder, is it the the fitness level? When I say fitness level, does he think he can compete in the intellectual debate against these people? Because they're very they're going to be very challenging and intimidating, right? They may pit Vivek against Trump, and I think Vivek is very articulate and he's very clear and concise at what he says, and I think he's very compelling. I mean, will that hurt Donald Trump? Will that make his stock go down if people have an electrifying night? And that's what I think Donald Trump is considering, which which I do not blame him, right? If you are the boss at the top and nobody's even close to you, why would you, for lack of better terms, let the peasants argue with you on the debate stage? They have to earn their keeps, right? They have to put in the work. They can't just get a debate stage with you and get to target you for nothing. And I think people like Chris Christie, if he get a chance to get in there, all he want to do is take down Trump. Is that beneficial? Um, I kind of think Trump should have done the town hall event with Tucker Carlson, which he didn't, but he did another interview with Fox. But at the end of the day, that's not one of my biggest concerns. I thought about it and it's definitely something I would like to see him do, but it's not one of my biggest concerns. Every time you listen to Donald Trump, it it inspires you to want to vote for him. And, and, but then you got to look at it and say, you know, is this the right choice? You know, I, I, I honestly am concerned about the general, in the primary, I, they, I'm telling you, people, he will win the primary from prison. I, I would think he, he'll win the primary even if he passed away, he'll win the primary. People would literally vote for him and he's not alive. And, you know, I get it. You know, he, he did a lot of great things and he's the only hope that we got um, as far as experience-wise. There's nobody else to have the experience that we can turn to and say we're confident that if you get in office, you're not going to be a shield for, for uh, Zelensky. You're not going to go and toe the line and say that, um, what's his name from Russia? Vladimir Putin is, is this bad guy or whatever. It's like, you know, I, I often wonder, I often question, how bad is Vladimir Putin? Because, because when our media is saying he's bad and they're comparing him to Trump, it made me feel like he must, he must be amazing for Russia. He must be the Donald Trump of Russia. Because they are making him out to be a flaming devil. 
And every time I hear Vladimir Putin, and he probably is a nut, I don't know. But every time I hear Vladimir, Vladimir Putin do an interview, I'm like, this dude make more sense than anybody in America. This dude, he don't give a F. He tells it like it is. And, and people had gotten mad at Donald Trump because Donald Trump said he believed Vladimir Putin over the DOJ when it came to in, uh, Russian interference. And they grilled Trump over this. How dare he turn on his own country? He's a traitor, treasonous. Guess who was right? Vladimir Putin was right over our Department of Justice. It just makes me wonder, the strong men that stand up for their country and that don't abide with this LGBTQ stuff and all of that, they hate them. And the mainstream media would destroy their character. That, that Vladimir Putin guy probably ain't doing nothing that a president wouldn't do for their country. What he's doing in Russia, what he's doing in Russia and Ukraine, I, everything I hear, Vladimir Putin is not in the, at, at fault with standing up for his country. Everything that I hear. And you listen to him talk and the things that he say, when it, hopefully the translators are telling the truth, the dude, I'm like, dang, I wish our president would talk like that. I wish our president would have enough gall to, to stand up for his country and say, look, we were putting our country first. I, I, our people... I'm, I'm, I'm blown away at our leadership in America. I, like, I, like I went to, like just recently, I was in France and we were in the UK. We went to, we went to, to both places and just, I'm just looking at the, the way people act and, and I'm just like, how do we end up with idiots in our country? America should be, Americans should be incredibly proud. Like we lead the world. I, I go to other countries and I'm like, I'm better than everybody here because I'm an American. And then I look at the stupid people that run our country, some of them, and it's a disappointment. It's like we literally got a geriatric patient in the White House sniffing, hair, sniffing people hair. This fool's sniffing kids and stuff. What are we even doing? His son is a crackhead. What are we even doing right now? This is really the of the United States of America it's, it's mind blowing to me ladies and gentlemen we got, we got a lot to talk about um, uh, so we're going to continue the conversation you can call in 844-900-7243 844-900-7243 hold the phone this is the Officer Tatum Show whoop, whoop. I see envy in other men's eyes ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the Officer Tatum Show I'm tell you about the Salem News Channel looking for an incredible channel with incredible conservative talk show hosts, radio hosts. Look no further. The Salem News Channel has you covered. I'm on the Salem News Channel. The first hour of my show is syndicated live. So if you're looking to binge watch my show because you love this show so much, uh, you can go and always review uh, the playback of the first hour of my show. Also, it's not just audio. It's audio and video together. It's a presentation of a show. Um, also, Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher is there, uh, Dennis Prager, Dinesh D'Souza, uh, Sebastian Gorka. I mean, you go down the list, we have incredible, incredible hosts that are conservative. I mean, everybody's very different. I mean, we all come from different backgrounds, different ages, different perspectives. Um, Christian, Jewish, I mean, you go down the list, we have a plethora of people that you would love to hear from. So go to SalemNewsChannel.com, SalemNewsChannel.com, or download it on the iPhone or Android through the App Store. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the craziest article I have ever read in my life. Let me read you the headlines 
And please, if you're driving, you may want to pull over. New York City to pay out $2 billion to black and Hispanic people who failed teaching exam saying that the test was racist. I'm going to read this because the person that wrote the article did an incredible job. Let me just say, New York City will settle a lawsuit that the testing from 1993 and 1995 teachers in in the liberal arts and science test that the people who took that test that failed, not not mine, the, the black folks that passed, they talking about the black people that failed. Ninety percent of white people passed the test, and fifty three percent of black people passed the test. But the but not the black people that passed the test, but the black people who failed the test is going to get paid almost a million dollars a person. Let me read it. Some individuals who never worked as a teacher would get more than a million dollars each and could even get pensions, which would inflate the cost well beyond $1.8 billion. The New York Post reported. The Post interviewed a 64-year-old Herman Grimm who will be paid $2 million after failing the test a lot. He could not provide any examples of how the questions were racist. Another anonymous Brooklyn uh, principal told the Post that the city was crazy for settling this and that the standards are the standards. To hire people who are not qualified and change the requirements because of a certain group didn't pass the test was bull shenanigans. Now, he said the other word, but I don't like to cuss. And I thought I was reading this wrong. I thought maybe I fell and bumped my head while I was in France and I couldn't read anymore. But it's saying people who failed the test. It says people who failed the test. Now, people who passed the test, what's the excuse? Half of the black people passed the test. So do they not get any compensation from studying and passing the test? And then what do they do? They give us, they're going to give a settlement to these people. They restructured the test. And we still see black people underperforming. 35% lower than white folks. And now they didn't social justice warrior the test so much so that they, they don't have any recourse. And black people are still not passing at the same rate as white folks. Let me say something to y'all. Let me say something to y'all. Let me say something to y'all. Black people are at a disadvantage in America because they choose to be. This this idea of racism in America is tomfoolery. Racism will not stop you from accomplishing anything in America today. A hundred years ago, maybe. Today, no. The reason that you ain't accomplishing nothing is because you're a fool. The reason you can't accomplish anything because you see everything through the eyeglasses of racism. Now, I got the caller that's calling in. Hold, hold the phone. I'm, I'm going to get you after the break. I, I just want to make this point. I went to, when I was in France, me and the wife went shopping. Well, she went shopping. I was following her like a dog on a leash. Um, but she went shopping, and they followed us around the store. If I was a dumb, ignorant black person, I would be like, they following me because I'm black. An intelligent black person will say, they following us because they're trying to show good customer service so they can get us to buy this 
this thousand dollar bag over here, and they want to be they want to be Johnny on the spot when we want to pull the trigger on it. That's why they following us, not because I'm black, because my wife is white. All right. Anyway, how much time I got? All right, so that I, I just I, I I I'm sick of it. Like I'm gonna say this point, and some of y'all gonna get mad at me. I don't think racism is good. I don't think prejudice is good. But I can see how people are racist against some black people in this country. Every time I turn the television on, some black person's complaining about something. Like, I'm black and I'm sick of hearing it. Let me tell you guys about Relief Factor before we uh, before I go to the break. And if you're calling in, I'll get to you right after the break. If you're looking for a solution to aches and pains, you look for a supplement that is consistent and it works, Relief Factor is your supplement. If you have joint discomfort or you, you've been struggling with inflammation in your body, you have to give Relief Factor a try. It's very simple. Go to relieffactor.com. Get started with the three-week quick starter for, for the discounted price of $19.95. Get it, take it, watch it work, order more. One reason that I suggest you take the three-week quick starter, because for some people, it may take longer than the first day you take it and order for, you know, taking it consistently for it to show up and work. Why? Because it's natural, because it's drug-free, because it works. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're interested in Relief Factor, call the number 804-RELIEF. Ladies, welcome back to the Officer Tatum Show. Hold on one second. I want to tell you guys about this incredible movie. If I can get the thing up, because I wanted to read it to you, but since I can't pull it up on the screen, I'll tell you about Nefarious. I think I think you guys have probably heard me talk about Nefarious. I think it's an incredible, incredible movie that has a, a point to it. You know, a lot of movies that you watch is completely mindless and, and idiotic in my personal, personal opinion. That's why I watch a lot of movies, but this movie has a, a meaning behind it. And it's the number one uh, movie on SalemNow.com, And it's come from the filmmakers behind guys, not dead unplanned, all of the above. And, and it's an incredible, incredible, incredible movie. Jim Caviezel, which he's now made another movie sound of freedom. That's absolutely incredible. But, uh, also, he plays, you know that he played Jesus um, in The Passion of the Christ, and he even said that the movie Nefarious was absolutely phenomenal. Dinesh Souza, whom you guys love, said the movie was captivating, suspenseful, and profound. Matt Walsh, filmmaker behind What is a Woman, works for Daily Wire. He said the movie was excellent. It's gotten a 96 approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and we all know Rotten Tomatoes is rigged, and, and none of the great movies have any positive ratings, but Nefarious somehow some way broke through the matrix and got a 96% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So go to SalemNow.com and rent the movie today. Or if you want to, you know, watch the movie as a church because it has a good Christian meaning behind it. You watch the movie as a church or a large group, go to MovieNight.com. That is MovieNight.com to rent Nefarious today. My call is hung up. I, I thought I'd have a few people calling in. Maybe they'll call back. Um, but I, I just, I, I'm trying not to be like this angry black man against black people, but I, I, I really am sick of hearing black people complaining in America. I'm, I'm sick of it. Like I, I, I'm, I'm like burnt out of it. It's like every time you wake up, somebody's talking about racism. It's like if, if, if you would stop focusing on racism and focus on production and getting things done, I, black people be so much further along. 
It's like instead of producing, instead of doing, getting things done, instead of working hard, instead of doing all this stuff, I find it that a lot of black people, not all, but a lot of black people where the focus on being a victim, it's just incredibly bizarre to me. All of the successful people that I know that are white could not care less that I'm black. They, I mean, nobody cares. No real successful person cares about black people. When I say care about black community, you're concerned about trying to find a way to thwart the success of a black person. There's nobody in San Tropez on a yacht trying to find a way to screw a black person. I know a bunch of wealthy people and they, they don't care about wealthy, successful people could not care less about the color of somebody's skin. It is asinine to me that we live in a country where people are still complaining. And it's not that we're complaining and we making headway. Black people, not all, but some, have the most degenerate culture. They adopt the most degenerate culture I've ever seen in my life. There's a woman called Nasty Red or Stanky Red or Sexy Red. I almost called her Herpy Red. Because the song that she's talking about doing nothing but nasty sex. Nasty Red, Sexy Red has a lyric. I'm going to put the lyrics up. I'm going to read it to you. And I'm going to have to blur out every other lyric because it's that bad. But let me just say, show you what Nasty Red is saying. And you tell me how she is an idol amongst a lot of popular black people. She went to an awards event. This is what her stuff say. And this is the intro. Take Keith. F these ends up. Then she goes on. First verse. I'm out of town thugging with my round. My, she said her vagina, but she used another word. It's pink and my booty brown. Where my ends come looking for the H's. And those are the 304's. You know what I'm talking about. The, 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 the garden tools. Quit playing N-word. Come suck a bee toes. Pound town just left pound town with my end. He just took a bee down. Yeah, that N D <laughs> a bee down. God dang. Sound like I'm doing the alphabet. She cussing so much in this, in this song. She got the N word in every verse. Now you would think that this woman wouldn't have, any radio time. She's one of the most popular hip hop artists on a viral level that we've seen in a long time. She literally went to a school in an all black neighborhood. You can see a number of black kids in it. And they stormed off the, they jumping out, out of the stands to come and, and, and shake her hand and, you know, treat her like a celebrity. She was at the, like, I don't know if it's a BET award or something like that. It was some awards where the man who founded BET, who's a billionaire, it was the Emmys. The the guy who founded BET, black man, sitting there, and he, I I don't know if he was horrified, but I think he clapped a little bit. She got up and sang the the thing that I'm reading to y'all, that I can't read because too many cuss words. Can somebody explain to me, like, what are we doing? But yet, racism is the problem. No, you are the problem. Can I say that? Most black people that say racism is the problem, no, you are the problem. You are the problem. You need to raise your kids right. 
I, I, I know that black people have had to start at a different level in this country. Some of which happens because they make people are making poor decisions. And another is that people have generational wealth that have been built up. But what's stopping you? What, what did you do to get your kids in a better position than you were in? You did nothing. But you mad at the white man from 100 years ago that set his kids up for success. And you did nothing. There's so many successful black people in America who had a successful lineage that dates back hundreds of years ago. And, and, and we still complaining today. Like, I'm telling you, man, like when I when a black person come to me and say, man, racism, I don't really want to talk to you. Don't waste my energy talking to me about stupid stuff. There's five or six people out there that are racist and they, their racism has zero effect on your life. And, and racism is, 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 is so not pervasive that even if you encounter the racist person on one job, the next 1,500 jobs will not have a racist person there. Uh, let me tell you about Relief Factor before I uh, go to the break. You can call in 844-900-7243. Um, if you're looking for a supplement that's 100% drug-free, that works, that's consistent, look no further. Relief Factor is your supplement. One thing that I look for when, I, when I'm thinking about taking supplements, because I don't fool with a lot of supplements. I, I don't want everybody to make claims that they can't fulfill. One thing that I look for is, is a supplement like this that helps with inflammation in the body, that helps with joint discomfort, is it a drug? Does it have drugs in it? And when I see a supplement that is drug-free, like Relief Factor, that turns on the antenna that this is probably good stuff. They're probably taking the time, doing the research, and making sure they're giving you a quality product. Not, not a one-night stand type product. They work today and hurt you tomorrow. Go to relieffactor.com, get started with the three-year quick starter, or call the number 800-4-RELIEF. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, ladies, welcome back to the Officer Tatum Show. I want to jump back on the subject that I was talking about. I just want to give a comparison. So this weekend, or last past weekend when I was in France, I was hanging out with somebody who... I don't know how wealthy this person is, but I think this person is incredibly wealthy, far more wealthy than, than I am at this point. And we're the same age, around the same age. He may be like two years younger than me, three years younger than me. But when I, when I was looking at his wealth and success, I realized that he had a different start than I did. Right. I mean, he's not black, obviously not even an American, but he had a different start than I did, right? His parents, his father, very well-known, very successful, very wealthy man, was able to pass down probably probably financial security and also a lot of knowledge and education. I mean, he went to an incredible school, incredible education. The, the, the guy's incredible. He's, young, he's a little bit younger than me. And so I, I, I do realize that, like, black people in some cases – and this, this is the – they act, people act like white people, every white person got money passed down to them. That's not true. But I'm saying that some black people could start in different places. And there's, you know, white people that have family members who have been able to develop wealth over time. And they pass that down in a significant way. And I see the difference. But at the same time, you, you don't need to be counting somebody else's paycheck or be looking at the card somebody else's dealt. The question to you is that are you maximizing what God has given you? And, and, and looking at somebody's paycheck, looking at, well, this person had this and I didn't have this. That's, that's not the way to look at life. 
You should look at life and say, okay, I got these cards and I got to play these the best that I can. And I, okay, I didn't have my father, father didn't pass down money and didn't have a lot of wealth and success. And the richest person probably in our family makes six figures. And so I didn't, I didn't have that, but that doesn't mean that somebody like myself can't, you know, evaluate what God has given me as talents, ability, and opportunities and maximize those. And then I can then look to my children and say, look, I passed this to them and teach them about wealth management, teach them about making money, teach them about being successful. And then they pass it down to the next generation. I say three, three generations from now, we should see a billionaire in our family. But that's because you have to be methodical and you have to pass it down. Just because your daddy got money don't make you have money. There's a lot of people daddy is wealthy and their kids are a, a, a plum fool in a mess. I just wish people would stop thinking about, you know, woe is me. I don't have this. Go work hard. Be a good person. Treat people with respect. You will be successful. Hold the phone. I'll be back after the break. The Officer Tatum Show. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, ladies, welcome back to the Officer Tatum Show. So now that I've uh, beat the dead horse of of just expressing how I feel about this just perpetual racist, racist, racist talk. I just did a video in the break. I was doing some TikTok videos. Uh, how this girl said being on time is racist. White supremacy from you being on time. Like, I don't think it's pervasive in the black community for people to think that that would be that stupid. But I do think people are looking for excuses. But let me just say this because I think the overarching theme has become this. There's no such thing as black culture. There's a culture that's adopted by black people. And some black people adopt culture that's, that's yields success. Some black people adopt a culture that will yield failure. But this is the bottom line of this. The Democrats are the ones who try to push the degenerate black culture into a, a, a situation of being pervasive. Why do you say that? They only highlight black people that are, in my opinion, that are of the opposite opinion of me. They only highlight black people that are crying racism every day. Talk about systemic oppression and, and defund the police. And they, they don't highlight other black people that, that say, I love this country. My, my ancestors fought to be a part of what's going on in America. They weren't, my ancestors weren't fighting to go back to Africa. They were fighting to make sure that we're treated fairly in America. Because America belongs to us just as well as it does anybody else. America is, is, a, is a country of a lot of us coming together and building, giving a big F you to our previous country. Many people that migrate here said F you to the, to the country that they came from and they became citizens of this country. This is the F you country. And, and a lot of black people said, you know what, I, I want nothing to do with the Africans that sold me either. But if, you, but if we're here, we're building want to be treated fairly. That's what our ancestors' fight was. I, I don't have any re recorded knowledge that our ancestors were somehow trying to fight to get on a boat to go back to Africa. I, in, in the history of black existence in America, there has not been a significant push for black people to go back to Africa. It, it has not been. There's pr probably been some one-off people that had the concept in their mind, but there hasn't been a significant push. Now, this is what I will say, and, and, and I just wonder why black people don't, why don't see why they don't see this as a problem more often? 
if you look at the numbers of economic success, the Democrats want to tell you that, that black people are uh, uh, getting done dirty in this country and white supremacy is stopping them from doing stuff. That's not necessarily true. Let me read some statistical data points to you. Between 1986, uh, 18, I mean 1963 and 2012, unemployment averaged uh, 51% for whites and 11% for blacks. The 2008 financial crisis hit the black workers especially hard, with unemployment reaching 16% in March of 2010. Under President Barack Obama, black unemployment declined but didn't fall below double digits until the seventh year of his presidency. When he left office in January of 2017, the black jobless rate was was down to 7.5%. Under President Trump, it dropped to 5.3% in August of 2019 and then fell to the record low of 4.7% in April of this year. Now, I, I want us to put this in perspective. Black people, when you say that white supremacy and racism is stifling us from doing whatever, whatever the case may be, then why is the unemployment rate dropping over time? That means that black people are getting to work doing things. Why is it dropping over time? The people that you see in the quote unquote black community that are not working are people that don't want to go to work. Many of them. There's some people that just can't find a job. I get it. it, it and white people ain't, ain't uh, immune to that as well. But some people just don't want a job. And it ain't got nothing to do with racism and white supremacy and all this other stuff. It's just that some people don't want to work. Some people rather sit at the house and collect a check. And I think that's how we got into this place in the first place, by, by allowing handouts over a hand up. You look at other groups of people who adopt different methods, even black Africans who come here from Africa, they adopt different methods of success and they become more successful. What does that success measure look like? That means prioritizing a family, meaning that a mother and father raising children. That's it's really that simple. Prioritizing education. Yeah, I know that you go to school or whatever and you're playing sports, but you're going to get an education. You need to be educated. You need to have a sound mind so you can go out in the world and add value. When parents, when people emphasize those principles, not having children out of wedlock, not being involved in the criminal justice system. When people pursue that principle, they tend to be more successful. There's a ton of billionaire black people in, in America that, and I would argue some of them got rich quick, so they don't really adhere to any of those principles. But many of them who had to work hard for what they've got, mean building businesses and things like that, prioritized by and large the structure of family not being involved in the criminal justice system, getting an education or being informed and educated on certain premises. People who don't adopt that as a principle of success, they typically fail no matter what color they are. And I would argue this, look at people who are impoverished, poor, uneducated. They have a very similar perspective on life and they, they have a very similar path in life, meaning the path that they've charted very similar to people of different races in America. It's hard to find a person who lives in poverty that actually took his education or her education seriously in school. It's hard to find a person who's living in perpetual poverty that did not have children out of wedlock. 
It's it's hard to find it. it I don't know of a person. And 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 I, I'll say this because I think it's invaluable to ascertain in this in this conversation is that when you look at dynamics of race, you need to look at the dynamic within the race of people that is consistent. Meaning, if you're going to evaluate black success in America, you have to put the black success against non-successful black people. Meaning, just focus on the black demographic. Why are some black people unemployed and some are employed? Why are some black people incarcerated and some are not? If you focus on a particular race of people and you see the disparagement or disparity between in that, within that race, that's more of an indication of what works and what doesn't work than comparing this race to another race. If you're saying, let's look at white people in unemployment and then look at black people, that's not a fair comparison. Because if you look at, the, first of all, the population numbers are completely different. And you look at where black people live. Black people mostly live in the South or they mostly live in certain areas. Black people don't live in North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming, uh, Montana, Arizona, New Mexico. Uh, black people don't live in some of these places. Nevada is not a heavy black population in, the, in some of these areas. Even if, if Seattle is a little better, but Portland, Oregon, I mean, it's not a, you're not going to see black people like you do in Texas, Florida, uh, uh, Alabama. You know, you go to the South, you see a, you see a huge amount of black people heavily populated in these areas. And when you do that, you say, okay, what's the earning potential for people in the South versus people in the North, people on the East coast versus people on the West coast. And you say, well, if, if the, if the cost of living is lower, the salaries are lower in the places where black people populate the most already, you are at a disadvantage of comparing salaries. If you're in New York City, you're going to make more money. If you're in L.A., you're going to make more money than a person in Tennessee because the cost of living is lower. So you give a general population and say black people are earning. Okay, where where geographically are they located? Oh, we don't want to have that conversation. It's just like men and women in, in, in the workforce. Women make less money than men on a dollar. Well, what were they doing? Oh, more women are teachers than they are police officers. Oh, well, if you look at the man, police officers make more money than teachers do. Oh, that could be an indication of why men make more money. People that work in the oil rig making bank. People driving, uh, uh, you know, these 18-wheelers are making good money. Many of them are making six figures. But women are not doing those jobs. Women are doing like nanny and and child care, which are, are equally important in society. But that doesn't yield the same amount of return financially. That's why men make more than women. We are willing to do more. Work. We're willing to work longer hours. In many cases, you know, not many cases, but by and large, men are not having paternity leave. Um, they they they're working, therefore their earning potential is higher. Uh, but we got people calling in. Um, hold the phone. They, just hold on. I'll get you guys after the break. I only got twenty seconds. So if you're calling in eight four four nine zero zero seven two four three eight four four nine zero zero seven two four three, I'll get to you after the break. I promise. Hold the phone. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, ladies, welcome back to the Officer Tatum Show. I got a couple people call in 844-900-7243, 844-900-7243. Let me tell you guys about Pure Talk before I get to the callers, uh, like I promised. Um, Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile 
if you are obviously with them, you're probably overpaying. Pure and simple. It's not even that. It's not a question. Pure Talk can, can easily save your family over $900 a year. And right now, get unlimited talk, unlimited text, and ultra-fast 5G data for just $20 a month. These are crackhead prices. I don't know how they do it. $20 a month for unlimited talk, unlimited text, and plenty of 5G data. And people want about the coverage, right? If you're paying $20 a month, is the coverage good? I have the Pure Talk phone. The coverage is excellent. I have had zero problems in the continental United States with any issues with 5G. I haven't taken my phone. I was going to take my phone with me out of the country, but I ended up not doing it. But I haven't had any any problems with it in the country. It, it, it makes it's I'm the same as the Verizon uh, phone I have. And the only reason I'm keeping that is because I got some contract with that with other things that I got involved. I would leave that in a heartbeat and switch to Pure Talk if I did not if I wasn't under some contract. But anyway. I want you guys to to have an opportunity to save some money for your family, get you a phone, great service. You can even keep the phone you have and the phone number and switch over to Pure Talk. All you got to do is, is uh, dial pound 250 and say keyword Brandon Tatum. That's pound 250, say Brandon Tatum, pound 250, and say Brandon Tatum and get you a Pure Talk phone today. All right. Let me get to the callers that are calling in. Let me go with Tim from Columbus, Ohio. Tim, welcome to the Austin Tatum Show. Hey, Brandon. Hey, Brandon. Just uh, want to make two comments. One on your what you were describing as, as kind of the means to getting out of poverty, the steps you got to take. Um, it really follows. It was a, a book and some papers that were done by a guy named Haskins called The Success Sequence. And um, he talked a lot about that 20 years ago and actually wrote a paper. It was called work and marriage, the way to end uh, poverty and welfare. And he really tied those two things together. And then he went on to say that if you follow a sequence and you get out of high school and get some additional education beyond high school, you wait to get married before you have children and you work at least 35 hours a week, preferably 40, you have an 80% chance of getting out of poverty. 80%, regardless of who you are, what color you are, where you started, 80% chance. Um, And, I, I teach an inner school. I run an inner school ministry or inner city ministry program here in Columbus, and I add to that list two things you mentioned. One is stay out of the justice system. That's that's number one, right? Get out of the, stay out of the justice system, um, and have faith in Christ. And I think if you can get those you get those things right, I think you drop lower than eighty percent. Um, but my second point to follow on to that is. People don't want to hear it because it's it's too easy and it's too hard, right? Those are two easy <laughs> things to do. Um, they want to hear about poverty. They want to hear about racism. And um, the two groups I hear speak most about racism being the issue in our country, one is the people that use it as an excuse to stay in poverty, and two is the people that use it to write books about how racism is ruining the country. Um, that's the two groups that use that. And they're successful, college-educated, married families, Making plenty of money, and they're using the same the same excuse, but they're using it uh, to further their careers, not to actually do any good for society. <laughs> right, a thousand percent, Tom. Thank you so much for the call. I I love that. I agree with you a thousand percent. It's 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 interesting. I was on a call. This guy, I can't pronounce his last name. His first name is Godfrey. He's a he's a, a comedian. And when I was younger, I used to watch him. I thought he was great. This dude blocked me on TikTok. He was going on a racist rant, just saying white people are like devils and they can't even be outside in the sun. That's how inferior white people are to black people. I mean, it was blowing my mind. This dude is a mainstream 
uh, comedian. Like he 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 has a tour set up all around the country, and probably most of the people that go see him is white. But anyway, he was doing all this stuff, and I wrote him in a thing, and I said, "Brother, I disagree with you." He finally saw my comment and he started talking trash. I said, "Well, well, bring me in live. I can have a conversation with you, man. You're going about this the wrong way. You sound like a racist." How am I wrong? How am I wrong? Brother, you wrong on 1,500 different levels. It's hard for me to write out on uh, in, in 15 characters how, how you wrong. I would have to write a 1,000 messages. But the dude blocked me because he was upset that I called him out on this stuff from, from just really being a, such a racist against white people. And it's very simple. And I don't know why on both sides of the aisle. This is why you tell you, this, this, this tells you that these people are fake. On both sides of the aisle, we should be shouting from the mountaintop how to help people get out of poverty or to evade pro- poverty altogether. And just like the gentleman Tom said, Christ is number one. And the criminal justice system for young black people is number two. Because I feel like that in some of these inner city black communities, like being a part of the criminal justice system is like a way, a, a rite of passage. Like if, if you ain't getting arrested and you ain't, you ain't hard enough. You ain't cool enough. You ain't thugging enough. And some of these kids, they, they view that as an accomplishment to get arrested and be, you know, bumping heads with police officers. And so staying out of criminal justice system as a black man it puts you above all the other black men that want to go to prison. It puts you above the fray. You know, it's very simple. Like, you know, the stuff that your parents were telling you when you were going to school, everybody's parents, get an education. Get your lesson. I remember my granny used to say, get, get your lesson. No, you ain't going outside to play until you're done with your lesson. I hate it when she said that. But what was she trying to teach me? To get an education, to make good grades, to add value to the world. You know, it, it is funny that, like, I think people don't realize it. most people are sheep. There's a there's a, a like a like a small population of people that are excellent, and they dominate. All you have to do is try to pursue excellence. You will dominate the masses. If you just sit down one day and said, I want to learn etiquette. Like how do I, you know, sit at a table and, and eat at a high end restaurant and you learn etiquette. You can get yourself in doors that most people will never be in because right away when somebody see that you are, you know, you, you get into a room, you have an opportunity and you don't even know how to sit at a table. You don't even know how to have table manners. You, you have now, probably blocked yourself from, from upper mobility in areas in which you want to be a little bit of training in that category, a little bit of working on your vocabulary, learning different words and learning how to build your vocabulary to where not only can you speak eloquently or speak to people in a way in which you appear to be at least somewhat read or intelligent, but you can interpret what people are saying. That means that you can get in a conversation with anybody and you know a lot about you know a little bit about a lot of stuff versus you being so isolated and one and one one sided that you can't even have conversations with people that you want to have conversations with that could possibly help you become successful. And I, I, I'm like learning that as my on my way up. It's like, wow, like I probably need to. And this sounds weird because my objective and my goal is to be very wealthy. I want to be very wealthy. I want to be a billionaire one day. I want to be able to you know, send everybody in my family to college. Like I want to be able to just bless the world because I can only spend so much money. I want to, because I, you know, I just want to bless a lot of people. And you got to have a lot of money to do that. You can bless them with the words you say, but money speaks. Um, So, but 
I start to see with my own eyes the people that are doing it, how they act, how they move. And, I, and I'm learning those things because I do want to be successful financially. Hold the phone. I'll be back after break. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, ladies, welcome back to the Austin Tatum Show. I forgot what I was talking about. I think I'm going to bring in another caller. Uh, let me go with Douglas from Pomona, California. Welcome to the Austin Tatum Show. Brandon, doing a great job, man. Hey, on oh, the point so that you were just mentioning, um, speaking of what you were just talking about, success. Um, I, when I was your age, I'm old enough to be a dad. But about 15, 20 years ago, my neighbor came over. That guy's name was Remy. He was from Nigeria. He was younger than I was. And he borrowed a tool, brought it back, and he says, Douglas, why are you not all rich? I was like, what, what are you talking about, Remy? He's like, why are you not all rich? I come to this country. I, I get a degree. I make money. I buy a property. I, rent, I make money. I buy a car. I, sell, I make money. I buy a house. I rent it out. I make why are you not all rich? It's like, man, who is me? I mean, a body slam, man. Burn. So all the excuses that we can come up with, man. These Nigerians, these people from Kenya or wherever, any place, Asia, um, blacker than black, blacker than me, blacker than you, showing up in this country, looking for opportunity, borrowing money, making money, buying this, making money. Selling it, making money, getting education, getting married, raising kids, making money. So our excuses are just weak, weak, weak sauce because they're they're proving us wrong by the way they live. So that's my Amen. it sticks with me. Decades later, it's like why are you not all rich? It's like he's right, he's right, right. Well, Douglas, thank you so much for the call, man. I appreciate that insight. I feel the same way. It's like, now, I understand why a man from another country would come here and ask that question. I do understand that everybody don't have what it takes to be rich, but the potential is there. It's very interesting to me. Like, when I, when I, like, I didn't know nothing a lot about money growing up or whatever, but like, now that I'm grown and I'm around people that are highly successful, people that are richer than rich, I mean, people that got billions, worth billions of dollars. And, 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 I see that anybody can really make money. Now, when you be a billionaire, that's kind of like, you know, you you, you kind of got to go all out and, and have some luck along the way. But I think anybody can probably make millions. I think anybody can. Now, it may take some time, but you just have to make the investment over time. You have to study what rich people do, and you could probably do it. And, and it can start with you doing something like real estate. I mean, if you if you really try to live your life in a modest way and you said, okay, when I make money, I'm going to put a little bit back and buy a little property. I'm going to go buy some land. In 50 years from now, the land that you bought could be worth like 15 times, 20 times what you pay for it. There was a guy that was a captain on the police department when I was there, a black guy. He, he was putting, he was schooling all of us, putting us on game how to make money. He said, man, never use a debit card a day in your life. You're a fool if you use a debit card. We're like, what? He's like, I use nothing but credit cards. 
Now, obviously, I pay my credit card off at the end of the month, so therefore I don't over-leverage myself, but I get so many points by using all of my credit cards for my bills and everything, and, and I literally fly for free, and I do all this other stuff, and, and, and that really sparked my interest on that, which now I don't use nothing. I, don't, I never use a debit card unless there's something where they won't let you use a credit card. I use a credit card for everything I do, and, and, I, and I literally can fly for free everywhere with all the money that I spent on a credit card. Versus if I did it on debit card, I wouldn't get any points. I wouldn't get rewards and stuff like that. And then he also told me about how he bought a, a lot. I think it was acre lot for like 5,000. He bought two lots for 5,000 a piece. He literally, I don't know how many years later he had mentioned those lots were worth $300,000 a piece. Like that, that's, he spent $10,000 and got $600,000 worth of property that he could then sell. And he said he sold one lot for 300,000 and he kept the other lot. He just going to save it. But that's, that's, that's one man who was a police officer, not making a crazy amount of money, but making the proper investments. Well, how did he know to make investments like that? He didn't have a dad that showed him. Maybe he didn't go online. Instead of looking at who, who went in the, the NBA championship, won't you go in there and look at who making the money if you want to make money? If you don't care about making money, then don't worry about it. But if you want to make money, you can do that. Starting an LLC, easiest thing I ever did. I think I started four or five businesses now. My energy drink company is the only thing that was a little difficult because it had I had to have lawyers and different stuff like that because we got shares and it's a it's a pretty significant uh company. But the rest of my companies are basic LLCs and it took me like 10 minutes. The longest it took me was to find out the name of the, that I want to use for the company. Start a company. Learn how to, you know, put your, put your stuff under your LLC. Learn how to, you know, I'm going to say cheat the tax system, but understand the tax system. You know, learn how to build your credit. Like, I literally built my credit from a 540 credit score to over 800. I think the highest credit score that I saw when I bought my last car was 8. My credit score was 820 which is significant from 540 to 820. I did all that download one app for free and I followed the app and I, and I built my credit score over, over like seven or eight years. But let me tell you guys about relief factor before I go to the break. If you're looking for a solution to aches and pains, you're looking for a supplement that works. Relief factor is your supplement. I take relief factor work well for me. I'm confident it will work well for you. If you're struggling with inflammation in your body, if you're struggling with joint discomfort, and you don't have to be 80 years old to take advantage of this. Now, if you are 80 and you're experiencing these things and nothing that you've done is, have worked, I'm, I'm, I can almost guarantee you that Relief Factor will be a sufficient um, measure for you. But even if you're a young person like myself, you know, in my 30s, you know, had a had a, I say a hard life playing football and being a police officer is hard on the body. Uh, it was incredibly impactful to me to take Relief Factor. So get started with get started with the three quick starter for 1995. Go to relieffactor.com or 804-RELIEF. Gonna do the two-step and cowboy boogie. Grab a sweetheart and spin out with him. Do the hold down and get into it. Take it to the left now and dip with it. Gonna throw down, take a sip with it. Now lean back, put your hips in it. Let's have some fun. To the left, to the left now. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, ladies, to welcome right, back to the, to the right. Officer Taylor Show. I want to get I want to get back to the subject that I was speaking about when it comes to being successful. It's you know when I was a young pup, 
I didn't think education was as important as it is. You know, I thought other things were a higher priority for me, right? Playing football was a higher priority than me going to class. The only reason I passed was because I need to play football. What I'm learning being around incredibly successful, wealthy people that have the lifestyle that I want to live in, in some of these cases, I'm realizing that while I was focused on football, they were focused on education. And I'm not saying you can't do football and education, but if you do football, you need to do education as well. You can't pick football over education because at the end of the day, when football did not yield results, you behind the curve. I know people that are far beyond where I'm at academically because between high school and college, I couldn't care less about what I was learning in college. I could, I mean, for the most part, I didn't care. I took sociology because it was easy. There were some things that compelled my interest because, you know, I'm a, I'm a, sometimes some things I'm very interested in, but for the most part, it was learning the plays and playing football. And when football didn't go well, I couldn't care less about, about school. And my father told me that I better graduate. That's the only reason why I graduated because the football thing didn't work out for me. I really kind of wanted to give up on it. My dad said, you ain't going to go get no free education. You ain't gonna get your degree. I don't care if they ever, they don't never play you. You better get your degree. And I respect my father enough where I'm like, you know what? For my reputation, my family reputation, the reputation of my father, I, I, I need to at least walk out off the stage with a piece of paper in my hand. But I, I looking back on it, I wish that I would have been savvy, right? From, from 15, 14, 15 years old being savvy. Like one day I want to accomplish this. So that means that I need to work on having a great credit score. It was just what I'm teaching my kids already having a great credit score. Okay. I need to invest in some stuff, right? Which is what I'm teaching my children. Because if you would have got into Tesla and Amazon and Shopify stock like 10 years ago, you would have quadrupled your money. I mean, some of these stocks went up by a thousand percent. I mean, some of these, these tech stocks, I mean, people put a, $10,000 $10,000 in, they probably got a million dollars right now. So teaching your children how to game the system, how to be wealthy is something if you, if, the, if that's what they aspire to be and they want to be, you need to teach your children that. And as, as young people, you need to have that focus in your mind. What do rich people do? If you want to be rich, if you don't want to be rich, then don't worry about what rich people do. If you want to be happy, then do what happy people do. If you want to be a police officer, do what police officers do or, you know, learn how to get to that point, getting on the police department and, you know, being successful as a, as a law enforcement officer. But whatever you do, you need to have a plan of action and you should be prioritizing that. And what I say in America, if you put in the work and you have integrity, you can make a lot of money in America. There, there People come over here, don't even know how to speak English. And they got a landscaping company. That's doing numbers. How is that even possible? You don't even speak English. And some people been here their whole life can speak perfect English, but won't get up and get a job because they don't want to go through the process of learning how to start a company, learning, you know, what getting loans and stuff like that to get you some, some equipment. You can go out and cut grass. People out here making a crazy money. I saw a dude and I'm telling you Hispanic people, then maybe because it's Arizona, maybe we have an influx of Hispanic people here, man. Listen, they killing it out here. We rent our house and we have a pretty, a pretty big house and we have palm trees. 
This dude was jumping from one palm tree to another. He didn't come to the ground and go up the other palm tree. He jumped from one palm tree to the other one. I'm looking at him. He got to be like 30, 40 feet up in the air. He just killing it. Because what happened, we got like 15 palm trees on our, on our property. Or maybe not that many. I think we got like 10 palm trees on our property. Normally, that'll take like a three-man team. But since this dude, who barely could speak English, was, was, was ready to get it, he did all of them himself and took all that money. He, he was jumping from palm trees to do it faster. He ended up hitting out all 10 of those palm trees, you know, trimming them up. And it made 100% of that money. It's like, it's like bro, if you, if you want to be successful, you can be successful. If you want to make a little money, you don't have to be working a nine to, somebody nine to five. And there's nothing wrong with working a nine to five, but if it's not what you want to do, you don't have to do that in America. Instead of sitting around with mindless entertainment, entertain yourself with the next move. Entertain yourself with, with something that's not existing in the market right now that you probably could create. And if you have a vested interest and a diligence, you know, um, behind what you're doing, you will run into the people that you need to help source or help finance what you want to do in life. That's how that's how almost everything that I've been able to do has been through working with people, having an open mind and God putting people in my in my um circle of influence that have been able to propel to the next level. And if you want to be successful, that's what you do. Not sit around and complain and cry and whine and all that other stuff. Count, count your, count your victories up or count the victories of successful people up and you'll find many of these people that are, that are very successful and very financially stable. They, they're married. They ain't out chasing tail all night. Many of them don't have children out of wedlock, although it happens, right? I'm very, I'm, I would consider myself to be reasonably successful, um, and, and I got a kid out of wedlock. And, and it's a pain in my – it's a pain. Like, like, mind you, it's a pain. I can't even go to France without it being a pain, if you know what I'm saying. But that stifled me to a certain degree to probably being higher than I am today. I could probably be at another level if I didn't have to deal with bullcrap with a previous relationship from 13 years ago. But regardless of that, you know, prioritizing education, believing in yourself, focusing on performance with people that have already done it, reading books like rich dad, poor dad, you know, reading books, um, even like Thomas soul book to help you understand cultural economics. Like so many ways in America that you could be successful. And I would argue you don't even need to go to college to be honest. Like it's so much stuff on the internet that you should be able to build an empire just off the internet. A lot of financial stuff that I've been able to find, I found it on the internet. A lot of how to build an LLC on the internet, how to start an e-commerce store on the internet. It's, it's, it's really that easy. Let me tell you guys about Tatum store before I go to the break. If you're looking for an incredible conservative store, um, Christian Christ-based store, and I say Christ-based because we all Christian. Most of us are here Christians. I think probably out of 15 employees, I probably got two people that I don't know what they believe. Um, but, uh, for the most part, all of my, all of us are Christians and we don't do that LGBTQ stuff up in here. 
we love if you want to be if you want to do whatever you want to do that's fine we love you anyway but you ain't wearing it up in here you do that at home all right anyway uh get you some merch from the tatum store get 20 percent off the entire store tatum show 20 tatum show 20 put that in the in the discount box and you'll get 20 percent off uh christian merch conservative merch trump merch you name it right here we make it in Scottsdale, Arizona, Tatum, TatumStore.com, TatumStore.com. Gentlemen, gentlemen, ladies, welcome back to the Officer Tatum Show. I thought I'd give you a little tip. You know, um, I, I think it's it's very feasible for you to accomplish the dreams that you have if you just put your focus and energy into it. You know, there's there's so much out here, man. I'm telling you, like, if you want it, you can get it. You know, people people rag on the internet. Yeah, it's a, it's a cesspool sometimes. Social media is a cesspool sometimes. But if you use it for good, you can be incredibly successful and smart. There's so many people selling content, free, having free content out on the Internet. There's so many people. Like just yesterday, I was trying to des- decide whether I should invest in businesses or whether I should invest in real estate, which means that buying functional businesses or reinvesting money into business growth versus investing in real estate. And I, I found like 30 videos. And I'm just listening to experts claim what they believe on either side and taking the information and saying, okay, I'm just going to invest in a business. I'm going to buy a franchise or I'm going I'm to start a business and invest my money that way instead of doing it in, a, in the real estate. Or I'm going to find some real estate, find some land. I was looking at land in Montana, some beautiful land in Montana, cheap too. Now I got to do my research and figure out how far away from the airport it is. But I mean, I seen some land in Montana that was like breathtaking for, for, for cheap. And so, yeah, you know, maybe you want to invest in buying some land and hold it on to it to resell it or buying or building your house somewhere off the grid, you know, as long as you got some internet and some stuff like that. And that's not technically off the grid, but you get what I'm saying. Like something that may be a little further out, but you got it for a lower price. And then in 15, 20 years, 30 years, you know, you got something to pass down to your kids. A lot of times people think about the right now, which I'm guilty of it sometimes too. They think about the right now and then they die and they ain't got nothing to get their kids. Nothing but a but a bill because they got to bury you because you ain't got nothing to, to give them. But why not try to do something to give your kids? Even if you buy land, they got parcels of land out here in Arizona. And if you live in the South, it's easy money. They got parcels of land in the middle of nowhere. Somebody must have bought it because they selling it in the, in the middle of nowhere for like thirty five thousand dollars. You can you can have like a hundred acres. <laughs> like. Maybe you invest that instead of buying a freaking car that you that you don't even like. Anyway, I'm running out of time. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Shout out to uh, Carl Jackson again for, for stepping in for me. We got a lot to talk about, man. Tomorrow I'll be more prepared. Just came off a of vacation, so, you know, it was kind of hard for me to get back in the rhythm. But uh, I love you guys. I appreciate you listening. Shout out to my new affiliates out there in New York. I appreciate you. Um, AM 1120 in 97.9 FM WKAJ. God bless you guys. I'll see y'all tomorrow. Same time, same place. The Officer Tatum Show.
This is the Officer Tatum Show on the Salem News Channel, on the Salem Podcast Network, and right here, right now. You succeed at last. What's going on, y'all? This is Brandon Tatum. I just want to thank you so much for listening to my podcast. You can always get the podcast at Salem Podcast Network or wherever you listen to your podcast. 